Okay, so I'm gonna play Mob Sky's Red. Any response? Arclight Sentinel. Wait, are we playing Crap. Blitz? <laughs> I don't wanna play Blitz. I'm gonna. <laughs> I had this shrill I was gonna play. <laughs> You're gonna go join the other card tournament at the other table? <laughs> yeah. One Piece has a game now. Let's check it out. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the reaction step. If you're listening to this on our podcast feed, there's a wonderful YouTube video of the three of us talking about our subject today, which is going to be the world's announcement. So thank you for listening. Check out our Patreon and subscribe to all the stuff. Karate Chop, the subscribe button, Flying Kick, the uh, notification bell or whatever uh, YouTube personality say. I think that's it's something like that. Head jab um, your, yeah, it's gonna, your, oh, yeah, you know, your yeah, bell, yeah. blackout yeah. kick, you know, your buddy. And Isaac gets it, it he also. understands branding, <laughs> <laughs> and that's why he's on the team. He's the brand guy. <laughs> I also wanted. To mention before I check in with you fine gentlemen how you are doing is that the three of us just got done whatever day it was the 13th of August in 2022 depending on when you're watching this uh, as the commentary team for the Portland Battle Hardened and so you should be able to check out that video on demand somewhere either on fable hobbies twitch or their youtube uh something like that um once that video gets posted again uh, we will make sure it is in a place where you can find it in this video or show notes uh if you're listening in the podcast feed there are some really great games and it was a ton of fun i definitely recommend checking it out it was a pretty the level of play was was very high, so I'll I'll say that for sure. So, gentlemen, how are you doing? Let's start with Isaac. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great. That was a very uh, very great marathon we did yesterday, and yeah, it should be up on the Fable Hobby Twitch for like the next seven days or so, and then uh, should be posted somewhere else uh, after that for all of eternity, or as long as the internet continues to uh, exist. How are you doing, Colin? That was such an ominous statement about the uh, the internet right there. I appreciate that. Who knows? Maybe tomorrow it's gone and this is all <laughs> for nothing. Uh, I'm great. I'm I'm tired. I feel like I got that uh, that tired voice going on this morning from 11 hours of streaming. But, you know, it was a great time. We had a lot of fun. A lot of people in the chat having a good time. We may have learned what Wombat Dash is. I'm still a little confused, but I, I might be on board unless it's something weird. I don't really know. Uh, it might know. just be New Zealanders having a good time, which if that's the case, I am totally on board. Um, yeah, doing doing great. I'm excited to talk about worlds with the perspective of someone who is only going to just be there and hanging out at the calling and other side events. So I think... Let's just let's just get into it because it's been a hot button topic and people have feelings. Yeah, Twitter uh, exploded. 
So, um, yeah, we were going to talk about a number of, uh, we're going to run through a few facts about the, about worlds coming up and then, um, talk about a number of, you know, questions that were raised or maybe contentious issues that people, uh, have been pretty vocal about and just share our takes on them and our thoughts and all that. Um, so I'll dive right into it, Taylor, unless you have anything else to add to the intro segment. All right, let's get into worlds here. So fortunately for us, unlike some recent tournaments, Worlds has been announced well ahead of time and giving people plenty of time to, you know, plan out their trip, which is excellent. It will be happening in San Jose, California, which is very, uh, you know, fortunate for us personally. Um, and as you know, there's no central place in the world, but the U.S. has a very large player base and is, uh, you know, I don't know. We might be the biggest country that plays and is semi equidistant between, you know, Europe and uh, Southeast Asia, New Zealand and the like. Um, so I, I assume those all of those reasons factored into why they chose this location. Um, as to the uh, world, no, James might just spun the globe <laughs> and then closed his eyes and, and it happened to hit San Jose. That's that's how it worked <laughs> guys i got a really good deal awesome. it's in san jose <laughs> <laughs> well could have been in madagascar or something so this is this totally is fortunate <laughs> um so to qualify for worlds the top 50 players for 90 day xp lifetime xp constructed elo and limited elo all globally will all receive an invite. In addition, players can redeem a PTI to qualify for worlds. Do you guys have any uh, any takes on this qualification system? Pretty pretty acceptable, pretty benign. Anything to to add here? Any reactions, if you will? Oh, buddy. Um... It, se it seems like a lot of ways to qualify that we weren't really aware of. And as usual, you know, the, the cutoff date is in uh, like a month and a half. <laughs> they really love to just be like, guess what? Yeah. <laughs> if you want to grind through. XP, you better have been already doing it as usual. <laughs> uh, really, if you want, if you want to get invites to XP, I think you just have to always be playing and always expect that there's going to be some window that you need to be already doing well within especially on the global level because there's some there's some grinders out there even on like the 90 day level it's kind of insane um you know number one spots and that's 746 xp for 90 days so that's that is what it is i feel like it's also tied to the schedule and what bigger events that give bigger XP you have access to, or at least bigger events with more rounds that you can gain XP. Um, and like your area, if you can get like multiple armories. So just kind of, I don't know. It's weird. I was curious though. Um, because you know, I'm not, I double checked. I'm not on any of those top fifties by the way. So, um, maybe they dropped a couple of my XP here and there and just didn't, didn't get in oh, there, right. but uh, you're like 53rd. Yeah, I'm yeah, 53rd on every single one, if you believe update that. gem, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tried to gem my way to the top, and it didn't work. Um, so I took 
the top 50 from all four of those because I was actually curious how much like overlap there was because um, I feel like they're kind of all tied together. They're not super distinct metrics, um, but they're actually more or more distinct than I thought, to be honest. Uh, you know, if we have these four avenues, 50 top players each, it should be 200. And there was about 43 players who appeared on multiple lists um mm. shout out to local andrew rudin uh who was on three of those lists uh oh yeah quali triple qualifying like the slab daddy that he is um <laughs> if, if you don't know he just has a lot of slabs in his dick uh but yeah so you know it definitely is encompassing a lot of people um, there's a lot of different nationalities and countries being represented. So overall, I feel like it's achieving what they want, which is, you know, a diverse group of people at a high level, or at least a very active level in some cases, but, you know, to win consistently, you have to be pretty good. So I'll give everybody that benefit because I, once again, am not in any of these top 50 lists. So, uh, 53rd. 53rd, exactly. Um, and counting. Let's see. Let's go. Let's go, baby. And in all of them. Yeah, exactly. 53rd in all, all four. Yeah. It's it's my curse, and I'll bear it. You know, it's fine. Um, so, yeah, Taylor, what, what are your thoughts on it? Well, so my only take is that now we're actually using ELO, and that was, like, never announced when we were going to use ELO as a qualifier and there just aren't, there seems like there just hasn't still been enough ELO events for you to have gotten invited. So you kind of already have to have had been a pro level player already, which is totally fine but my gripe is the lack of communication like you know we roll out elo into road to nats and pro quests and that sort of thing to try to help that number base out and it's like well we're gonna use it when we feel like it's going to be you know ha we're gonna have the most data to be able to make it the most accurate and then you know they just announce worlds and they're like, Hey, we're using ELO, which is totally fine. But I just, you know, if I were a player on the cusp of some of these things, I would have liked to have known that if <coughs> I had maybe prioritized, um, things potentially differently that in this calendar year, I would be able to, be using my ELO as a way of qualifying. So that's kind of my uh, critique of that, you know, situation. It would have been way better to have known like, okay, we're adding ELO and we're going to try to use it as one of the qualifiers for Worlds when they announce that we're now going to have rated ProQuests and RTNs. Um, so that's, that's my... That's my gripe uh, with that. And, you know, it, and for me, a lot of the stuff typically that LSS uh, does is usually just based around communication uh, to the player base because I would like to 
have all of the information in front of me to be able to make the decisions uh, the best I can. And we'll save the hidden information for when I actually play the game, you know? So is that, is that making sense to both of you? Yeah, I, I completely agree with your, uh, you know, communication gripes in general. I think a lot of it stems from them, um, you know, doing it as they go or planning as they go rather than having it all planned ahead of time, which is part of the growing pains. I think of, uh, you know, a growing game and a growing company from a very small base very quickly. Um, I do have a little bit of pushback against the, you know, I, we always knew ELO would be used for something someday, right? So if you want to play fun decks at events or just relax, you know, your ELO is pretty doomed. If you want to spike every event and try to attend every event and try to preserve your ELO, then you will have a competitive edge someday in the near future. We didn't know if it would be for Worlds, but it would be coming up really soon. And I also feel that, you know, it for almost everybody, ELO still means nothing, right? It's only the top 50 players in the world whose ELO actually means something. And these are players who attend many callings you know, many battle hardens, nationals, PT or pro tours, you know, all of these things. So I think to, should we have been forewarned that ELO would matter for worlds? I would argue that in order to take any sort of action with that information, you know, you and I would have had to gone to it and performed very well at, you know, every calling this year. And you know, battle hardened and the early because 50 so, in the world is a pretty elite uh standing, yeah, totally. And there's no guarantee that uh, us slightly above average players here would you know be there uh in that top 50. But a part of it too has been kind of the geographical limitations of the game as well, right? Like, so uh, we're west coasters. And our biggest events have been uh, Battle Hardened LA, Battle Hardened Portland, and then uh, the world or like Vegas calling number one and Vegas calling number two, right? So, and that's every, that's basically all the biggest events on the west side of the Rockies. You know what I mean? So there's a bit of a geographical bias to that uh as well like you know we have in new england and kind of in the midwest too we've we've had more recently uh more of the bigger events so those players uh more easily have had more opportunities um to make that sort of thing happen and potentially uh a reality um so i'm i'm more talking about for like you know players who are aspiring at this level you know what i mean yeah um I think more than just like our our lowly selves i think you know i i agree that it would be it would be nice to know ahead of time i mean this is kind of them telling us ahead of time but it's not really useful at all because there's no events coming up to actually change that i think their attempt to <clears throat> be more inclusive and allow people for um other avenues of 
getting there is the 90 day XP, but I think that has the same geographical biases as you're talking about. Unfortunately, you know, if you don't have more than one game store that you can get to, you know, within, you know, an hour or two of where you live. And even then that's like, you know, I know there's a lot of people who drive multiple hours, multiple nights a week to do this, but they all seem to be much younger than I and uh, have fewer outside responsibilities to deal with. So, you know, for a lot of us, it's <clears throat> not actually that uh, more attainable. Um, and it, it actually could be easier to go to a couple big events that allow for your ELO to, you know, rise up if you perform well at them than it is to try to like spike a bunch of local armories and stuff. So I think, you know, growing pains is, is what we're, what we're at right now. And looking at the top ELO constructed people, it's full of tons of people that you recognize people that have won national championships and, um, you know, done really well in multiple big events, won the pro tour, etc. So you know, it is representative of great players, but I do agree that it's it's disappointing that, you know, they opened it up and then maybe some of us were just like, oh, well, you know, ELO is still not really doing anything. And then now you're getting like hard punished for it. Um, but that's the name of the game sometimes. And now we know. So if your ELO yeah. went down, it should be easier for it to go back up as you uh, oh, maybe beat some other better yeah. players at, at the calling at Worlds. Mm hmm. Yeah, and, and this is, you know, I'm really only kind of trying to put myself in the position as someone who would potentially be trying to be on the pro circuit or an aspiring pro person. And, you know, I would, if I were that type of person, these were the things that would be like, slight barriers and would be a little bit uh, disheartening for me, you know, personally. I understand now maybe this is going to be kind of the standard moving forward in the year uh, for, for next year, but it's tough to have to live through a whole year of um, kind of imperfect information to then try to set yourself up for hopefully the next year. And we see that... Uh, we can't really guarantee that because now Worlds is kind of during the time that our Nationals was last year. And so we, you know, that has changed uh, some people's kind of uh, theoretical calendars already. So, mm. um, yeah. And then we That's don't know it. where it will be next yeah. year. So this totally. one was just... But I, yeah, I, I do want to just, my final statement would be that like, I do think that Worlds should be the top 50 of these and like all of these elite players and it should be full of everybody from every country who you're like, oh yeah, they're the best, you know, or whatever. Like that's who should actually be going. So, yeah. I, um, so just to close, I, I would also argue just in defense of LSS, right? Like I don't feel like two callings, one, a team blitz event, which is a little bit, unfortunate but two callings and two battle hardens for like one region doesn't seem like that underserved um i agree the midwest and you know east coast have gotten more events but you know it's not it hasn't been terribly um 
unbalanced. And also, I mean, yeah, the geographic thing sucks. Like, believe me, I feel that as a person who lives in a rural area and does not have access to many events. But LSS does not dictate, you know, geographical barriers for anyone. Like if you live in a city without a thriving gaming community, that's just kind of on you. You know what I mean? Because LSS cannot sprout, you know, six game stores to have armories for you throughout the week or evenly distribute armories perfectly via population. You know, they have to um, have their tournaments hosted in game stores that are excited to and willing to and have the player base to make them, you know, profitable or at least, uh, you know, not a not a loss. So I think that they're just kind of, you know, that's all just dictated by, it. you know, if this is something important to you, then you have to choose to live in a place where, you know, there's a lot of gaming events in general. Just, but, just fucking move, man. Like totally. I mean, I mean, I, I, I hear, I hear all the gripes. I'm just saying, like, yeah, yeah. There's nothing to be done, you know. Yeah, they and I totally to fix the geography of the world, though. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I totally get that. Uh, you know, <clears throat> there's like one side of the coin is like if you want to be a pro player, you have to sacrifice uh, to be elite but at the same time um the reward for being an elite player is only really bragging rights there is no i mean worlds there's a big payout but generally right it is hobby levels worth of uh cash flow or maybe even staying even if it's uh that if you do that well. So it's not like I can put in this sacrifice and get rewarded for it other than really just my uh, ego. You know what I mean? So I, and I would suspect that that's like the, where they would like to get it to is for you to be able to kind of make a career out of it in some way, whether it's through like, sponsorships or winning etc you know so we're just not there yet well let's get right into it shall we we're in it or are we not already in it <laughs> well i was going to move past deeper. the qualification into um you know some of the the other questions that or the other debates you know to the main event as it were <laughs> exactly speaking of thank you colin the main event will be day one, Uprising Draft rounds one through three. Classic construction or classic constructed rounds four through eight. Day two will be Uprising Draft rounds three or nine through eleven. Blitz rounds twelve through sixteen, and then top eight will be CC. So basically, day one is three rounds of Uprising Draft followed by five rounds of CC. Day two is three rounds of Uprising Draft followed by five rounds of Blitz. Top eight is Classic Constructed. The top prize will be $100,000, and the top 32 players will receive a PTI. Um, so that's basically the breakdown of Worlds. Now, there's a number of issues that, or questions that this raises, right? And um, probably the most contentious has been the announcement that Blitz 
a traditionally casual format will be included in the world's format. But first off, let me get your guys' hot take. Will Prism be present at Worlds? Because this actually has uh, huge implications for the meta, right? Like certain decks, um, you know, like Guardian or Wizard, for example, are, you know, pretty gate-kept, if that's an actual way to use that term, by, uh, by Prism. So that's a, a pretty big question on a lot of people's minds, I'm sure. Well, as we saw yesterday, <clears throat> Prism is still here. <clears throat> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, you know, spoiler alert, if you don't want to hear the what happened, jump ahead 10 seconds. Prism did not win, so actually you probably need to skip the whole section. But, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> She's very close. And, you know, we've got, what, Singapore and uh, Pro Tour to see if she can do it, but there's a chance and she's nationals. still here. Oh, and nationals. Oh, yeah, mo probably multiple nationals, huh? If they if they have a ban and restricted announcement post nationals pre worlds, yeah, I should clarify. But yeah, yeah. So I don't know. <clears throat> Seems unlikely, but there is there's a chance. Yeah, it's like much more slim. So uh, Singapore is, I believe, a mixed format also, uh, which I am unsure if that helps or hinders Prism's chances. Um, maybe it means that all of the Guardian players do really well in draft and then in the CC portions like do okay and then you just feast on your way to winning um, or not. Um, I can't say if it's going to happen, it was very close. Uh, at the battle hardened Portland, we had three prisms in the top eight. So three different chances to try to get it there. Um, but, uh, you know, hard, hard to know, hard to know. I, if, if you're going to make me give an answer, prism will be there at worlds. Nice. Hot take. It's just a very different season than in a pro quest or road to national seasons where you can earn LL points. Um, for a long time now, there are very few events that you have to actually win, not just perform well at. Um, so moving on, uh, there will be three rounds of uprising draft in day one and in day two again. So more rounds of draft than either CC or blitz in total, um, unless you make top eight. Uh, I would say Uprising Draft has been, um, maybe just because the bar is so high, but has been a bit critiqued or people have uh, some mixed reviews on it. I think that, you know, initially, like Welcome to Wraith, the game was, you know, heralded as being, uh, you know, very good limited format. And then come Monarch, you know, it was very well received. Everybody was extremely impressed with the nuance and the, you know, the different class system and the strategy that that introduced. I know some people had a bit of complaints about um, Terry or Arya's uh, gameplay or the speed of the gameplay, but uh, maybe I'm biased, but I think that Arya was pretty much received as, you know, the best draft format yet. Um, you guys may disagree, but just in contrast to Monarch and Arya, especially, and the growth of the game and people's, you know, praise of the uh, of the draft format and the draft uh, set design, I feel like Uprising has been um, a bit more contentious and just 
you know, people have had more critiques about it, maybe just in comparison to the previous great sets. But, uh, you know, there's been a bit of a bit of complaint here. So Uprising will be the, you know, the draft set for the first world championships of the game. So uh, what do you guys think about that? Well, I mean, it's the set that's out. So <laughs> we can't really change it. You know what I mean? Uh, is it like the best draft set? I don't, th I don't think so. You know, uh, I think all of the critiques of it are fairly warranted um, from all of the limited games I've played and having drafted every single set that's ever been released in a fairly competitive environment. It definitely like falls short in some spaces, but uh, it's still draft. So it is a format that will correct itself and still is very um, technical and you will have to be good at it to do well at worlds. So uh, just kind of throwing your hands up in the air and being like, you know, this sucks or whatever is like, you know, is not helping you. You should, you need to like practice and sure up those, uh, um, you know, data points so that you can perform well. Um, so that's kind of my feeling on it. I'm psyched that, that it is so heavily weighted because, I, you know, for the world champion, you should be very good at all parts of the game. Yeah, I think as they've stated, draft is like their primary focus in their game design. Like it makes sense that it is the biggest factor in the world champions. Um, personally, I, I like uprising draft. I haven't drafted every single set and I'm not very good at draft, but... I think it's been fun. I think, uh, as usual, in Limited, you are testing your fundamentals uh, on top of your ability to draft a good deck, and those are like very core uh, elements to the game. And you know, as you said, you, you got to be good at this to to be the world champ. And I don't, I don't think like I don't know. Some people were saying, "Oh, well, you can use like older sets," like, but that just seems I don't know. I thought Tails was weird and spiky and it was just like, okay, well, you got all the ball lightning, so you win and I'm going to lose because there's no way to stop it. And Quell in Uprising is such like a great mechanic for Limited to be able to really turn your resources into, you know, health, essentially. Um, I think I think it, it's working out great. Definitely, I don't know. I, I feel like, too, There's all there seems to be like less like archetypes like I, I don't know we saw like the evolution of tales of like oh and then like you know in old him ice old him like came out and like that was like a big thing i feel like we haven't seen like any true like unique archetypes come up rather than just like oh well you draft phi and you have all the good zero cost go again cards and that's pretty much <clears throat> your game plan um but I don't know. I'm hoping that like there's some like a little more depth in there that maybe we haven't seen uh, yet, uh, just because people have jumped on the the easier path of just going really aggressive. Um, I'm curious to see too what the players from around the world and what their you know 
uh, approach to it because I think in the U.S. especially, uh, they love to be aggro and they just don't want to block. So um, that that's our uh, that's our style, I guess. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Seems seems fine. I it is a little weird that is like. I mean, it's only like one more round of uh, draft than CC. And you do have like those five rounds on day one, which I think are going to be very pivotal to setting people up um, to qualify for the top eight. Um, but yeah, that world champ, bring it. Yeah, I agree. Like any, you know, there's plenty of critiques you can make. Like there aren't really archetypes except in Dromai, but then there's not enough Dromai cards to like truly build one out one way or the other. And that takes a lot of nuance out of the, out of the deck building process. I really don't like how the five mirror is typically won by the five who goes second, therefore just wins the die roll. There's like plenty of little things you can um, complain about, but in general, you know, I still feel like there's a lot of like beauty and nuance to really appreciate um, in this game. Like Taylor said, it's a self-correcting format and you know, good players will still oftentimes win. Uh, you know, there's a lot of subtlety in the, the signals you're sending, the signals you're reading. You know, there, there's just a lot of good here. I just feel like, like I said, I feel like it's, uh, you know, the bar has been set kind of high. So people don't, you know, appreciate it quite as much as maybe they would in a vacuum per se. Um, and not to say I, I do understand the critiques of the format, but I think it's, you know, I think it's just fine and it has its own, you know, own strategies and its own quirks. And again, you know, I, I don't think it's, you know, so bad in one way or another that if you're a very skilled limited player, you will, you know, just lose if you have practice in the format, right? We reward that. If you're a very skilled player and you've practiced this format enough, I think that you should be able to do well. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, so there's just like maybe that lack of potential depth to the deck building and the drafting um, that you would kind of hope from the product, mm -hmm. right? And that's just like, it's still really, I really like drafting uprising and playing those games and stuff and uh it's still a great product you know what i mean but it's just like if we're we're striving to be better in all regards you know there just are some things that we would like to see changed to make the experience um as good as it can be yep well let's get right into it the juicy bits you made the people wait so long <laughs> All right. Well, everybody had a lot to say on the, the primers there. Uh, Blitz will be a heavily weighted format. And this has caused a, you know, a veritable uproar in the community um, because Blitz has been traditionally a casual format, uh, touted and promoted as a, a new player format, more new player friendly, easier for players to get into the game, less cards, quicker, easier to pick up, and all the like. LSS has even released statements in the past uh, about a year ago or so, stating that Blitz is, um, you know, designed to be a casual format. And they've gone further to say that uh, when testing cards and heroes, they focus 
on almost exclusively on classic constructed and draft formats. They don't try to balance everything for blitz. And uh, that has kind of been traditionally their view and the view of the community. However, we have seen a few blitz callings. And as the game has grown, LSS seems to have uh, embraced Blitz as a, uh, you know, a real quote-unquote format, if you will, um, and a, a legitimately competitive format, and uh, have really gone all in by including it as heavily weighted as CC in the world's tournament. So... We've seen the really the breadth of reactions to this from suck it up idiots to uh, blitzes like swingy and should not be included in a competitive setting. Um, what, what do you guys think about this? Uh, this real, this veritable bomb that's been dropped on us. It's been so entertaining to watch everybody. <laughs> just collectively lose their minds um pick a side gatekeep whether or not you can have an opinion uh because you're not qualified uh stuff like that which is you know to be expected it's a thing we're all passionate about this game so we're all gonna have an opinion on what that is i think the the thing that stands out to me is James White just coming in on Twitter and just laying it down like, well, actually, uh, you know, so I and I, I think he's handled it really well because there's been some pretty rough criticism and he has not descended into any kind of, uh, at least as far as I've seen, any kind of like derogatory or condescending tone he's just kind of told <clears throat> told it like it is from his perspective mm -hmm. um people throwing around this screenshot i love they're like they're not even screenshotting it themselves they're just passing the same one around that somebody else posted um which you know <laughs> I, I don't know if that matters <laughs> i well you know did you verify that that's what the article read like i think it is right but still like it's a screenshot um that, that is suspect in our times these uh the times we live in so uh to me it the the thing that stuck out the most from what james white said was that it is the most played format in the world and honestly that answers the question to me like that's why it's there and if you have a problem with that and that makes you not want to go that's your choice you don't go then like you know if your dream was to go to worlds and this like makes you feel like that doesn't matter anymore. I'm sorry that you feel that way. And, you know, I hope that you can kind of figure out what it is that like you really have an issue with there. Like, is it just a, I mean, you know, it's a fear thing or like, you know, you're just disappointed and that's fine. You can be scared or disappointed, but you know, I don't know. It's just like a lot of people sharing their opinions and feelings and dealing with, dealing with the emotions that are rising up in them and sometimes that requires a bit of a a, a tantrum here and there um which is you know their feelings are uprising in them <clears throat> it's like a phoenix rising from the ashes of my dreams of being <laughs> world championship because i don't like blitz um um I'll, hold on i'm just gonna read these james white tweets for anybody who's not on twitter really quick to uh, 
give some context text for what you're talking about. Um, James White responds, Blitz variants. LSS developers played as part of community teams, one developer plus two of the community, at the Calling Sydney, which was a team Blitz event. One played Oldham, one played Kano, one played Ira. Their collective record was 30 and 6 after removing developer versus developer pairings. That's an 83% win rate. Um, the Pro Tour champ won a Blitz calling in Madrid on the same weekend. He goes on to say that Blitz has more variance than Classic Constructed. Yes. Elite players still mostly win. Also, yes. So his point here is that despite all the critiques about the increased variance and all of that, um, you know, his developers competing in a large calling put up incredible um, win rates, right? So anyway, that's part part of the part of the tweets that Colin's referencing here. Yeah, the backlash to that statement too is also pretty good. Uh, people are like, oh, why are they playing in events? And it's like, oh my god, you'll never be. You'll never be happy with any of the answers they got because you've you're already mad. So, uh, but yeah, I again like it's the most played format. It would be really shameful not to have it there because we're representing the whole world, not just your local meta and your local preference. Mm-hmm. And you know, while it is perhaps more variance, <clears throat> I think. Uh, one of the statements I saw was like, basically, you know, people bring their most aggro deck because they're afraid of that variance. And that kind of creates its own environment for that turn zero, turn one situation, <clears throat> winning the game. Um, and, you know, higher skill level players are going to bring, they're not going to have that fear. They're going to bring like the best deck that they can pilot the best and mm-hmm. win consistently and that you know that might be just shy of 50 percent. but if it's just shy of 50 percent win rate then you're you're probably okay and then <clears throat> but yeah i think i've said enough on that uh taylor what are your thoughts i have quite a few so uh bear with me here so first like i think everybody or not everybody there are a majority of people that have viewed Blitz as a casual format. And I, w- my pushback against that is that it is like one of the most consistently, like, you know, we know it's the most played, uh, but we've been having Blitz skirmish season. We're on skirmish season five now, right? So it's obvious that LSS values this format and that it is like played all the time and there hasn't been any like numbers about like oh we only had like nine people show up to our skirmish like nobody plays blitz you know what i mean it's like they're they're sold out there's blitz deck techs on youtube uh all all of the time and i think that it being at the skirmish level uh, maybe is a bit of a like branding issue for skirmishes that they are supposed to be a player's first taste of competitive play, not a 
you know, not like actual casual throwaway event. You do get XP. Uh, that's, well, maybe it isn't any higher than it used to be, but um, <clears throat> it's it's supposed to be the starting of people's competitive journey. And it's at this skirmish level because it's a inclusive format. And just because it's a bit more inclusive and easier to pick up, I don't think should take away from its like competitive nature. Um, so that's my point. On that, uh, the my other kind of caveat here is uh, complaining about how the format is. Like, I think the tri-format of Worlds is one of the coolest things, right? And LSS has been pretty, um, uh, what's the word I'm trying to say? They have been really good about communicating that the three major event or formats for flash and blood are classic instructed blitz and the limited side of the game. Those are the ones that they've like constantly had events for that. They have said that these are our events. So it's, it's not very surprising that uh, blitz is in worlds. I mean, it is surprising, but once you think about it, I think it's, it's, it's totally there. Um, set my, other point here is that all competition and rules and stuff is arbitrary, right? Like, uh, who decided the basketball hoop was 10 feet tall? James Naismith did, you know, like just decided that that's how this game is going to be played. Right. And that you, there's a, a randomly a different line on the court that if you shoot it from behind it, it's worth three points and that's arbitrary. Somebody just picked that. You know what I mean? And people play that game. And those are the rules at which you have to play. And this is the format of Worlds. And to be world champion or to top eight, you are going to have to be good at Blitz also. And I'm sure there are people out there who are like, okay, I have to really focus on getting better at limited, but my Blitz game is hella good and I'm really excited part of my game plan is to get to those blitz rounds and just crush you know so uh, that is kind of part of my thoughts I'll probably have some more after y'all vamp around a little bit more <laughs> about this yeah, so in interestingly enough the three pointer line is just how far they could actually throw a ball back in those days because they were much weaker then. <laughs> Fun the fact. Three-point line came out in the in the eighties, actually. Or you yeah. know, <laughs> they were yeah. weak back then. <laughs> um, yeah. So I have a a bit of response to some of those things. I think that you know, part of like Colin alluded to a little bit. A part of the big pushback here is that. You know, a lot of players are to some degree emotionally invested in this or, you know, maybe not even like fragilely emotionally invested, but just like want to do well, right? Like that's a personal goal they're setting for themselves. They're going to put in the work many, many hours of their life to test and uh, play. And they would like to, you know, make themselves proud and achieve some sort of goal that they set. And they feel like having a, a format with a lot of variance can just you know 
hamper those efforts. And after all of this time you've invested, you could just kind of lose to a die roll, sort of, you know, quote unquote, not specifically that. But, you know, that leads to a very feel bad situation that I think that they're, you know, trying to avoid. So that's like part of the protest here, you know? Um, totally, which I I fully understand. And I think James White <clears throat> tweeted also about uh, the early rounds of draft in Classic Constructed are perhaps more important than those final rounds of Blitz for your breakers. So if you still do just fine in Blitz and crush your early rounds of draft and CC, uh, you can bubble in on your breakers right like all parts of the tournament are important not just the final rounds it just feels like it because they're the last ones that you may need to win to uh, get in but if you do well early do your work early it'll make it a little bit easier for you right i mean no i don't think that's true at all like because five rounds of our blitz in day two you know you could very easily like be doing excellent in draft and CC and then not even top 64 if you do poorly in draft, you know, either because of your skill or variance or so. That's like too many rounds to be like, well, you could, there could be some variance or you whatever, and then you could like bubble into top eight or top 16 or whatever. I don't think that that's but if, numerically if, if the, accurate. If the variance is going to hurt you that much in like, blitz then it would hurt you that much in classic constructed as well right like or that if the variance is a higher variance format that's right so then it can go both ways it can hurt some people and help some people you know what i mean so then there's like a, a median to the to the variance yeah but i think you're missing the point it's not like I kind of high rolled a bunch of people in blitz or I got high rolled a bunch. It's they want to avoid that situation where it's their skill above all that um, takes them to their final position. Not <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, there's a medium or if you hit totally. the median, then you do average, but it's like they, they just don't want to be in that position. Not like, totally. well, I hope I'm the one that high rolls, you know? So yeah, this is my take on blitz being in the format. I think that, one thing people don't consider, like you guys said, is it's the most played format. It's the face of the game when people are introduced to it. A lot of players only play this format. And it's the most casual friendly, kind of. I would argue getting high rolled in Blitz feels like worse than playing any other format. But, you know, so whether we like it or not, that's it's the majority of the game. And LSS... You know, James White very stubbornly to all of our benefit chooses the health of his game above like business and the like, which is awesome. But LSS is still a business trying to grow a game and they have like marketing and PR concerns and concerns about um, the digestibility of the world championship tournament in addition to the competitive integrity, right? So I think that there is some degree of a factor of, you know, Blitz being a great format for new players to watch, a shorter game, um, you know, for 
for players to watch and enjoy when viewing the tournament. And especially in those later rounds, they're all going to be high stakes and very exciting. And I think that that always into the inclusion of it. I could be wrong, but you know, they definitely have to put on a good production as well as a, you know, a good tournament. And you could argue that, you know, watching some exciting win and ins and blitz might for newer players be a bit more engaging than like watching, you know, the prism old him match or, you know, some sort of fatigue matchup in CC or like, so as much as like, I don't like any of those concerns. I think they're like big concerns for LSS. Right. And I, I, you know, can't fault them for that at all. Yeah. The, and we see that in other sports that they do things to make it entertaining. You know what I mean? Like the Christmas game for basketball is usually between like teams that there's some drama from the previous season. Like we usually see a rematch of the finals, you know, like for Christmas this year, you will see the Warriors play the Celtics on national TV in the prime slot. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. that's just uh, a thing the NBA does to get more views and grow their brand. And that's okay. You know what I mean? We're all participating in this system of making money, you know? So Mm -hmm. that's just like, it's just part, it's just part of it, you know? And to think that it's not is, uh, you know, you're, you're missing out on something that's happening in the world. Well, but so to me personally, though, I don't particularly enjoy blitz. They, you know, like they have stated that, um, the game is tested and designed for draft and CC. And I think that really shows when you play blitz with half the life total, certain heroes are not designed to be able to operate viably within those parameters. It feels like they're built for a classic constructed game with 40 health. You know, you can take prism for example, not that you can't win a blitz game in as prism, but, um, you know, it, it very much feels like that to me, like armor and blitz, uh, overperforms, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And there's all these like little points that when I play blitz, it doesn't feel like the game was designed to be blitz. And that's just like how I feel personally about it. And that's kind of why I don't really like it. I also just personally prefer like a longer, more strategic game. Um, but that said, you know, if this game was only blitz, the only format, I would probably not play flesh and blood at all because I don't think it's very good. And again, I'm not saying that anybody else has to feel that way, but I can, you know, understand people's complaints about blitz when you introduce it to a highly competitive format, because I share a lot of those feelings about it. Um, and you can, I mean, there's evidence of this, right? They have to aggressively ban things in blitz just to keep the format from being like dominated by some hero, um, Whereas they don't have, I mean, they have had that issue in the past in CC, but much less of it, to be honest. And so my final point here, like to address your your question about variance, um, I believe that there is a lot more variance in Blitz, right? You have half the health. So you have essentially half the time to recover from any single point of variance in the game 
Like, because you draw four cards a turn, if you draw a bad hand or a hand that doesn't block well, or your opponent draws a very powerful hand, in Classic Constructed, that is usually not enough to win them the game. And there is space for you to recover and for your hands to, you know, and your plays to kind of even out luck-wise. If you make a big mistake, that might be too much to come back from. But you're less likely to die on turn zero because your opponent high rolls you or for you to lose because on turn two, you just had a underperforming hand. And Blitz, this happens all the time, right? I completely agree with James White that Blitz is still a very skilled format and the better players will generally win. But a lot of the gripes from highly competitive players are because... It's like they, it's not that they don't think that better players can beat lesser players, it's that they're playing in a hyper competitive environment, right? Like all of the players are going to be excellent players. And, you know, if you take like the European calling where we saw the Viserai mirror in the finals, that was a display of excellent playing by both sides. Really, really strong competition. Great players won out as they should, and there was a lot of skill involved. However, if you played that match again, I don't know if the same player were to won. Or if you inverse who went first and went second, I don't you know, think you could say who would have won that match. And I think that that's the part that people are trying to um, you know, avoid here. They would prefer a game where they have some agency over uh, who wins when both players are experts. Um, yeah. Sorry, that was a bit of a long rant. I, <laughs> well... I, I well, well, I just like just let me wrap up. I would like to say that I don't mind that Blitz is part of Worlds. You know, if I had a choice, it would not be. And I understand people's gripes. I understand people who are like, yeah, fine, it's part of the game, and you know, it'll be a component. So you just have to practice up, which is what I'm going to do. But you know, I, I'm certainly not one of the people who's like in a big uproar about it or thinks that, yeah. you know, we should quit the game or whatever. Like it's, it's fine that blitz is part of it. I don't really think it should be, but you know, it is what it is. It doesn't break the game for me. Right. Okay. So yeah, no, it's all good. I, th yeah. I think, uh, you did a great job, uh, stating your points in that sort of thing. And those are all, I think pretty, valid concerns i could also see the other side of um some of those things right like we can still say that like uh you know good players like you said are gonna win out in most of the matchups and uh Oh, I, lo I lost it all after your wrap-up because it was so nice. Colin, go ahead. I feel like you have some some stuff. I'll get back there. I'll get back there. <clears throat> yeah, mostly my question on variance was like, I it, I mean, it's semantic, but I think it's not that there is more variance. I think actually Blitz decks are more consistent, which means <clears throat> you there is a higher chance that turn zero, you're going to see like the dopest hand you could possibly possibly get. Uh, I think the variance has a higher impact, uh, which I guess you could argue that that's what you mean by more variance, but um, that's fine. I think, I don't think there's any argument there. You basically just listed like, you know, the kind of faults of Blitz and that's fine. 
I think we all know that they made it up because there wasn't enough cards in the world for people to play the game that was like spiking in popularity. Um, and for a long time, it served a great purpose of allowing us all to like play and get into the game. Um, you know, it does seem in the long term, they may have to be a little more aggressive in the deck construction rules, um, or at least maybe even take a different approach to how, you know, deck construction is, is done and put limitations on what kinds of cards or how many of a specific level of rarity remove legendary, you know, things like that. I think a lot of people have seen like stuff, uh, recommendations there or you know i mean the best was like oh what if we had 20 or we had 40 more cards and uh, a sideboard and uh, you could have three <laughs> of each card in it and it's like okay yeah for the health yeah and double the health yeah exactly um you know but yeah i i, I don't think you really anything is wrong with what you said it, it is true they didn't design it for that and if this continues to be like a huge problem and the community keeps like complaining. I have faith. Uh, I mean, complaining at that, this is included at such a high level event. Um, not just complaining about blitz because like, like I said, blitz serves a purpose for a lot of people. And for some people that's, it's enough of the game that they like and it fits, you know, their lifestyle and, uh, that, that should be available. But for the high level stuff, if they keep hearing complaints from like the best players in the world, I I trust that they will listen and figure out ways of dealing with that. Um, yeah. But to me, it seems you know this isn't the world is not the Olympics of Fab. Like you're not just specializing in picking up a heavy ass object over your head for like two seconds. Like you know, you, this is the triathlon. Like you have to be mm -hmm. good. You have to be the crazy person. That's like, I'm going to go swim and then jump on a bike and then run. And like, I'm the best at doing that. So like, this is where we're right. at. And this is, right. this is how their approach to it. I mean, it is, it's a tri wizard cup going on right here and I'm super into that. So, yeah, um, yeah. I think it, it. it will be, it will be entertaining to watch. Um, I guess I will be at the world's, not watching, doing other stuff, but you know, in retrospect, it'll be fun to go back and watch what yeah. happened, um, and hear what happened, and hear the stories. And I think having Blitz there, it adds drama. You know, I mean, the, and none of these things are like, you know, thinking about people's feelings or you know the work they put into it and how that like that upset can be hard. But like, if you compare that to any other like major sport, like upsets happen, and you know this. Maybe this is a bit more manufactured, but I, it also, you know, it's that, that they're not going to change it right now. I'm hundred percent. Like they're just going to do this, like, and stick to yeah. their guns and we'll see what happens. Totally. I, I mean, in, so a couple of things, I guess I have to say here is, uh, you know, Kale McCreeth was kind of giving his gripes on Twitter about, uh, not being a fan of blitz being the format in the crunch rounds and would have rather had blitz be early and cc be the last uh bit so that skill would be a little bit more rewarded and james wright 
replied to him that losing those early rounds is worse for your tiebreakers than losing late rounds. So actually, you get your wish. The most impactful rounds are using CC intentionally. So they, this is like, you know, obviously, we know they've intentionally made the tournament uh, as such. Um, my other point I kind of had is... I do not think it is unfounded for Blitz to have a feel-bad part to it um, because it is the game can be so much shorter and you want to play the game and you don't want to lose in three rounds or three turns. You know what I mean? Uh, but that is also the nature of the Blitz format. You know what I mean? Like, it's not mini cc it's blitz you know and and part of that is armor points of armor matter a lot more the 40 cards you choose to have the most well-rounded deck matter uh quite a bit you know it's just like a whole other format of the game rather than it being just like a more accessible way to play classic constructed and because the games are shorter and more explosive it is definitely warranted to feel like dang i only had x amount of decisions and those were so much less than potentially in like a limited game or in a classic constructed game and i felt like i didn't get the chances to make the decisions to kind of smooth the game out because there weren't that many. And, you know, that is, is totally, totally valid, but it's also just like, that's how the game goes. So you have to make sure that whatever decisions, if you had any to make in, in that sort of thing, uh, were the correct ones, you know? And I think the turn zero losses now are way less. Uh, with the the bannings um, in that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, that's kind of my wrap-up, I guess, about that, is that it is three distinct formats, you know, and it's just it's just the nature nature of the beast, and I'm excited. Yeah, I'm... I don't much like Blitz. I'm still going to have a blast at Worlds. I'm going to have a great time playing... You know, I'm going to have a great time playing Blitz. It's still going to be a great, great game, great weekend. You know, it's all good. I was just, uh, you know, I guess I was addressing people, people being too critical of Blitz being in Worlds, but also then people kind of belittling people's, you know, legitimate gripes or so, you know, and I think that there's been a lot of good points all the way around. And, uh, you know, some people overreact. Some people are overly critical and some people are overly critical of those people. You know, it's just, uh, it's a, it's a contentious issue because yeah. there's a lot on the line and everybody's really excited. But like I said, it's going to be a blast. Yeah. I mean, you know, we should be able to have discussions and disagree. You mm -hmm. know, that's, yeah, that is just an adult thing that we should all be better at in this world. Um, and no one's going to be happy a hundred percent or, you know, not everyone's going to be happy a hundred percent of the time in anything. So, uh, this, this might 
ruin it for some people and for them I, I feel really bad and for other people it might make them psyched because like you said maybe they're great at blitz and they need to shore up their other skills but they're still gonna go and represent their country i guess i don't know i don't want to get into the whole national thing but you know they're gonna represent their local meta and uh you know bring their their skills and you know i i hope it's just a fantastic thing i did have a final question for isaac it's like who are you gonna play in blitz <laughs> wow I I don't know. I have not played Blitz in quite a long time or more than like one or two games, you know, in a sitting for a really long time. Um, I have thought about um, Kano. I've thought about Easlander or Reinar. I also had this brief idea where you just play what KO if I play Brawl what Hot. If I, <laughs> No, what if I play all the Intimidate cards in Leviah instead so that I can also use Husk? Yeah. Because <laughs> you don't trigger Reinar's Intimidate that much, right? So you can still, like, barraging, barraging, smash instinct, strip their hand, but then you'd also just get, like, a huge plate of armor. Yeah, it's zero just, blood debt. But I mean, you're just, yeah. you're just well, playing into zero, all but... your, your brute acolytes out there so we get hella comments. Well played. Good branding. Totally. You'd still run like endless maw and like some of the strong stuff, but, yeah. um, you know, I don't know that my four hero answer shows how much thought I've put into this so far. I mean, if you rock, uh, if you rock the carrying husk and Providence, like you have what? 28 health, like three health. <laughs> yeah. You're just like, okay, I guess, I start with a third more health than you. Like this is gonna. Although I guess you can only take like two hits before Husk <laughs> goes to your vantage zone. But yeah, um, that's true. You know, it does let you just set up if you've got nothing but like heat in the deck, which because it's Blitz, you can kind of do that. Yeah, I, that sounds fun to me. I think you should do it. Just champion <laughs> going in there and just like wreck house with Leviathan. I have never built or even played with the deck I was thinking about, so I don't know. Icelander feels pretty strong in Blitz. Uh, you know, yeah. as the Icelander aficionado out of the three of us, uh, that's my vote. Yeah. Um, I have thought about her because she's good into old him. Mm -hmm. You know, she's fairly good into aggro. I also thought, I mean, just like having pretty much only played Kano in CC, you're just trying so hard to manufacture this point where you still have your equipment and you're at 15 and they're at 20, you know, and in blitz, you just get to start there and it's like, <laughs> I'm already winning. Yeah. But you know, yeah. I understand like going into old him with Oasis respite and crap like Dead that. Fast. Is, uh, probably. Yeah. Just yeah. They run those cause they don't block against five, but anyway, Icelander, I think represents one of the more mid rangey, heroes yeah. in blitz mm -hmm. and you know you'll go many rounds and even see your second cycle when you're playing yeah. with or against them so i think that's a, a great addition to the format and i do think you know the best players in the world are gonna go for consistency over spike damage um so i think that's that's something that we'll we'll see as well although you know yeah if someone brings KO, legend, 100% legend. legend. Yeah. 
Icelander, uh, yeah, shout out to who is that guy at Travis Portland? at Battle Travis, out. Classic yeah. Constructed, played KO, just 100% legend. won, won some games. Yeah, uh, Icelander feels pretty good in Blitz because there's no sideboard in your 40. So if you're playing an aggro deck, you draw an all red hand, you know, uh, then my one frostbite I give you is a little bit more impactful. Or if you put a few too many blues in your deck, then your aggro deck is just not as powerful. And I can also extend the game, yeah, uh, you know, hold him into that way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, it, it does feel a little bit more impactful her hero ability and stuff. And, and the, it's fun getting to cast those some of those red spells and just kind of blam them out, deal some damage and stuff, you know. So. Storm Striders right away when it comes up. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I was pretty psyched on KO a little while ago when we played a skirmish or something because I was like, well, every one in three attacks gets doubled. That's fine. But what I found out is probability doesn't really work like that. What ends up happening is you like high roll somebody off the table and obliterate them and then you don't hit a single roll in the next game and you super lose and then that's kind of how it works it's not just like one in three hits mm-hmm. it's that Solution. you have really good games and really bad games so. yeah you got to play like 100 <laughs> games for you yeah. to get a great sample size so uh yeah. could we work on that for worlds next year james white 100 rounds of uh blitz please yeah probability (laughs) works out over like an infinite timeline so there's no guarantee when it's actually gonna kick in Uh, (laughs) yeah but awesome wow what a what a great discussion we've had here i you know i feel like we got like on the edge of heated but like you know we kept it we kept it civil you know mindful of each other's and our opinions i didn't feel heated whatsoever well, you were making me heated, so oh, talk about I, later. Was I bringing that that Call big it coach energy at you? Yeah, BCE. Let's <laughs> totally. I also have no bad feelings about any of this whatsoever. My only totally. concern is eloquently stating my arguments and not forgetting things. Totally. Yeah, and I do want to chop both of your heads off, but that's for an unrelated reason. <laughs> because you're a serial killer. <laughs> Because we have yeah. nice heads. Yeah, yeah, totally. And they would look great in the background of my video. <laughs> Next to Brian. Just have, yeah, totally. I'll send you a lifelike mask. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so then I could just wear it. Yeah. During so these so did call me out yesterday on stream. Uh, where is it? Oh, it's up there. They're like, does Colin have a bobblehead of himself up there? And I actually do. It was a work gift. <laughs> um, oh, also. I thought... I thought uh, I think it was Tommy Fresh was just saying because you were like nodding along to what I was saying or something like that. No, oh. this is straight up. I do have one. Shout out to Tommy Fresh. Uh, awesome. Well, uh, <clears throat> this has been fun. I, we were like, let's keep it quick. And then we talked for over an hour. So like, there we are. Just serial killing and bobbleheads, you know, <laughs> it's good times. World champions in hearts and actions. Totally. Uh is the world champ going to be from North America, Europe, or the APAC region? North America. APAC. 
I'm going Europe, baby. Boom. Nice. All right. Whoever is right gets something. I think that in a lot of countries, the national the national pride thing is like huge. You know, I think nationalism is just fine. It's just in our country that it gets weird or maybe not just in ours. In a lot of countries, it gets weird. But a lot of places you go, it's like there's huge national pride and people have all their flags and they love to go internationally and represent their their country the, and have pride. But in then it. if it gets weird in a lot of countries, then yeah, it's know, either weird know. or it's not weird. And to me, it's, well, always it's weird because we weird. make it weird. You it, know, it's, it is inherently weird. Uh, I'm not saying you shouldn't <laughs> feel pride to do it, but I think, uh, yeah, we don't have to go down that road. Uh, <laughs> God bless this mess. <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye.